This is the Horse Radio Network. Greetings, everyone. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily, episode 1368, a fact-filled discussion of strangles pulled from the Horses in the Morning Health segment. This episode is brought to you by Greenflower Botanicals. And before we get to our main tip, Roger talks about what makes Greenflower Botanicals CBD oil different. And now our own Dr. Wendy Ying speaks with Roger from Greenflower Botanicals in a series we call CBD Oil 101. In our continuing series on CBD oil, we're going to find out why Greenflower Botanicals is different than other companies. Well, thanks for asking that question, uh, Wendy. Uh, we think that we're able to really provide a superior product for several different reasons. One of those is it begins with we source right here in the USA, and we purchase and have partnerships with farms in both Colorado, Kentucky, um, and Oregon, as opposed to a lot of companies are bringing in importing CBD from China. Uh, along with that, our extracts are whole plant extracts instead of isolates. So what that just means is we keep all the fatty acids and trace cannabinoids in there that as they're naturally found and bonded um, in the plant itself. So it's uh, just a really, really wonderful uh, cannabinoid-rich oil. And then, of course, is uh, just the safety and quality issues. Every one of our products is uh, tested at a third-party laboratory for metals, uh, heavy metals, for pesticides, uh, fungus, um, molds, and, of course, for, for cannabinoid content itself. So you can always be sure that not only are you getting quality product, but also you're getting a safe product. Well, that's super, Roger. And how can people find Greenflower Botanicals? Go to greenflowerbotanicals.com um, on the internet, and you'll see all of our products there, as well as the uh, the testing we talked about. Every product has a test online. And most importantly, for uh, our HRN listeners, you can use coupon code HRN and save 20% off on your first order with Greenflower Botanicals. If you show your horses, please check with your federation on the legal use of CBD oil. It's time for the weekly health report from thehorse.com. Fantastic information and Chrissy's attempt to ruin Glenn's lunch every week. Are you happy now? I feel so much better. <laughs> I definitely do. So let's let's go ahead and try to ruin Glenn's lunch and get on to our topic. Woohoo! I'll be back in about ten minutes, guys. Uh, <laughs> no, nope, right oh, no. you don't get to leave. <laughs> All right, so we're talking about strangles, as you know, and uh, I think Aaron's got some really good nasty strangle stories. Just to talk about what is strangles and how what, what kind of clinical signs it has, and let's pull out all the stops, please. <laughs> well, as we all know, the word strangles is um, used because the horses would have enlarged lymph nodes underneath the jaw that would cut off their ability to breathe and strangle them. So that's where the name came from. Um, it's because of the bacteria, strep, equi, that is growing in their respiratory tract and lodges in those lymph nodes and abscesses. So as you know, Glenn, with abscessing, there's a lot of pus, a lot of swelling, and they get so large that they actually bust open and discharge. So before they bust open and discharge, 
that's your best time to address the situation to try to treat it so it doesn't bust open and discharge because once they discharge, they're discharging all that bacteria and able to spread it from horse to horse. And of course, that's the best time to tell your wife, call the vet, I'm out of here. And then you go play golf. (laughs) That is what a horse husband does at a time like that. And they go wash their hands before they leave and change their clothes and maybe even scrub their boots. No, no. See, that big slobbering pile that's on the ground of pus. It it doesn't matter because we never got that close. (laughs) Oh, really? Okay. (laughs) Now, besides the the, 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 um, discharge coming from underneath the um, lymph nodes, it also comes profusely out the nostrils. And it's a load of fun to walk down a a whole barn that's having a strangled outbreak and seeing horses hanging their heads up stall doors with a big puddle of pus underneath oh. it's just pouring out. And uh, oh. that's the biggest problem with this is it goes horse to horse to horse. They usually don't die. They usually don't strangle themselves to death, but they do get the disease very easily. So we call it an endemic, meaning it, it spreads from one to the other very quickly, um, disease. So, um, that decreases your training time. It decreases the health, you know, the the um, ability to go out and ride or enjoy your horse. And it increases your cost because you've got care, meaning veterinary care, vaccine care, uh, daily cleanup care, biosecurity cleanup, things like that. So it's a very costly disease. It's usually not costly in the death of a horse unless things go wrong, but it is a uh, costly disease. Nice and messy for Glenn. So, you know, make sure you're not walking through those puddles as you go through the barn. Back to the cleaning. Yeah. The <laughs> this is a yeah, exactly. divorce. I think if there was a whole barn outside, I was the horse husband, and the whole barn had strangles, that's grounds for divorce right there. That's just, <laughs> I'm out of here. I'll see it. Or at least, a, no, not divorce, separation for about, how, many, how long does it take to get it out of there? That's how long you're well, separated. Yeah, it depends on when you catch it um, in the uh, process of the disease. Again, if before they abscess, if they're not too big, you can start treating with penicillin or some other appropriate antibiotic, and the horse can get better. But if it's already gotten to an abscess point or busted open, it's usually too late to treat with an antibiotic uh, because the abscess is walled off from the blood supply and it doesn't get into the area it needs to get into. Let's back up here a little bit because you guys have been trying to gross Glenn out and he's been jumping in and everything. I want to get to the meat of this because this actually is That's kind a of a bad big word deal. to use right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, because, you know, it's all good. <laughs> so to to give a general overview on strangles, um, what what does it look like in your horse and how does your horse get it? And then what are the what what should you do immediately? Okay, what it looks like, we kind of went over that briefly just to gross Glenn out, but it can look as simple <laughs> as little nodules underneath the mandible are getting uh, slightly enlarged and firm feeling. They're hot and tender. Now, that happens with any respiratory problem because the lymph nodes act like a filtering unit. They filter out all the fluids that are flowing from front to back and trying to filter out any kind of um, bugs that you they might be coming across to help clean the system. That's what lymphatics do. Okay. So they can enlarge on any kind of respiratory problem like the EHV, influenza, any other upper respiratory problem. So you don't can it too much on it, but you should keep a close eye, and I would start isolating that horse immediately. And that means a stall next to it on either side, and if you have stalls, go nose-to-nose behind you. 
and caddy corner, they all need to be cleared out and emptied. So that horse doesn't have anybody nearby. 35 feet is how far they can sneeze or cough and spread the um, wow. mucus and bacteria. So even across an aisleway, which usual aisleways are anywhere around 10 to 12 feet across, that horse across the way could actually get infected as well. So that's the, this is simply, it could look like in large lymph nodes and this discharge coming out of the nose. It could be as bad as the lymph nodes abscess and you've got, seriously, a puddle of pus underneath the horse coming from the nose and from the lymph nodes, spreading it all over the stall, and that just becomes a nightmare in trying to clean up and um, do your biosecurity that everybody's been talking about lately with EHV. It's, a, a, you know, a more obvious biosecurity. Now, to avoid and protect your horse from it is... Definitely make sure that you don't share water buckets. Same thing as with the herpes discussion we've had this last month. Don't share water buckets. Don't share water troughs. Don't go nose-to-nose with horses you don't know anything about. Introducing new horses to your barn. Make them be isolated for 21 to 30 days before you introduce them to the herd or introduce them into the main barn. Um, Those are just simple common sense ideas. Don't share bits. Anything that would come in contact with saliva or nose or nasal secretions, you should uh, definitely avoid. If you have had a problem with strangles on your farm previously, it is not a problem in the soil of the farm, which is an old thought process. It is more of a problem that comes from a particular horse that's a carrier, and that horse may never show signs of the disease. They may be a carrier that just spreads it, and then the next horse gets it and has the fulminant um, disease process go on. What can you do to prevent? Besides doing the biosecurity, you yourself can vaccinate your own horse. Um, those vaccines don't completely keep them from getting the disease. They just decrease the severity of the disease. There's intramuscular ones that have many side effects to them, and the fact of being very, very painful. Horses act like they're lame after they get the shot, um, and it's just a very painful <laughs> shot to give. The other one is an intranasal one. It's been out for at least 10 years, and it goes to where the bug actually harbors, which is up in the guttural pouch and nasal area, is a pharynx area, and it coats the mucosa and protects them from getting the disease in a exorbitant amount, such as the enlarged lymph nodes and such. That one has other side effects, too. Um, there have been abscesses found in the muscle of horses that were given an IM shot at the same time, whether that was contamination by the person giving the IM shot or whether it is truly circulated to the blood and lands in the IM spot. The jury's out on that. Um, that discussion seems to go back and forth quite a bit. Um, so I always recommend giving that shot alone by itself uh, without any other IV or IM shots. And then the mm-hmm. other um, side effects they can get is an autoimmune response to that vaccine. But they're all trying to protect the horse in its best effort. So if you think you're in a population that might have a tendency to see strangles, you might want to protect your horse for it with either the, the vaccine or just keep them away from horses you don't know. The vaccine thing, my, first of all, my horse is not just allergic to many vaccines. He's allergic to needles, and he's also <laughs> allergic to certain types of vaccines, which is really fun. Um, but he did not have a reaction to the intranasal strangles vaccine, uh, strangles thing that he got. So how effective is the intranasal one? It is effective better than the IM ones because it does decrease the severity of the disease. But in an outbreak, they recommend you do not vaccinate with any of the vaccines. So let's say you're in a barn and all of a sudden you found out a barn, a horse at your barn got strangled and you want to run and vaccinate. They highly recommend you do not do that. So this is something you're going to do ahead of time. You're going to have to pre-plan for it. 
Um, but as far as you said, the side effects to it is very minimal. The up the nose, it's the most trouble see is a clear nasal discharge the next day. Big deal. It's, it's nothing life-threatening. There's no fever. There's no soreness, anything like that. So it's a very good vaccine in that respect. Oh, good, good, good. So, yeah, that's that's very important. Now, I think what you guys it says strangles is this very scary word to most horse owners. You know, strangles, ah, that's what everybody freaks out. And obviously, you do have so many preventative measures that you have to take when you do have a horse with strangles on your property. So, Christy, I believe you guys have a webinar coming up about this. We don't have a webinar coming up on strangles. We do have one on upper respiratory infections in general that probably will touch on that, and that will be June 30th. So it will probably cover herpes as well, flu. There's a number of things it will cover. So definitely uh, take a look at that. Um, You can sign up for that at thehorse.com slash webinars. But I also wanted to talk about, and Aaron touched on it briefly, uh, the guttural pouches. And this is something that that, uh, people have heard about but don't necessarily understand what they are and how the the, uh, bacteria can live in them in, in cause cause uh, outbreaks later. Erin, can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, they have just recently found out that that's where the bug Strepi Kwai is, is hiding out and uh, doing its uh, little colonization, if you want to call it that, and reproducing itself. It's a nice warm environment that's in the back of the throat or between the head and the throat, nasopharynx area is what we call it. And some people compare it to like the middle, the inner ear, the middle ear, um, in humans, but it has a bunch of blood vessels that run on the outside of it. Um, it has some bones that run through it. Uh, your your vet can go up and scope into it, or a vet can go up and scope into it and look for pus in there if you have any concern that you might have a horse that has some sort of um, discharge that's coming from that area. Uh, they have tested farms, many farms that have had annual strangled outbreaks, and how they test them is they put saline lavage into these guttural pouches, catch what comes out the nose, and then they test it for the strangled bug. And that horse that is positive for what they call guttural pouch lavage is one that they will um, start to treat. And they treat in the guttural pouch. They don't treat with systemics. They treat in the guttural pouch. Then they retest them again to make sure they clear them up. And a lot of these consistently strangled barns every year are not seeing no strangled cases. Perfect. Okay. And I just want to let everyone know, I just posted a link on the Horses in the Morning page, um, the article for that. We've actually got a diagram of those guttural pouches that you can take a look at. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's at, uh, at thehorse.com slash 15229, I believe. Let me pull that back up. Uh, yes, 15229. So. Good deal. Well, you guys, thank you so much. Unfortunately, because we got a little late start, we are running a little bit late. Uh, but definitely check out thehorse.com. Pastor Jones, we missed you. It was good to have you back. Well, there you go. That's a wrap. You can find links to today's guests as well as lots more tips at horsetipdaily.com. This podcast was made possible through the generous support of Green Flower Botanicals and listeners like you. Learn how you can help support Horse Radio Network programming and qualify for auditor-only perks by going to horsetipdaily.com and clicking on the Become an Auditor banner. This is Coach Jen, and I will be back again soon with another tip. So until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the Horse Tip Daily. Please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show. (laughs) 